Four presents Trial of the Monarch. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And we're at the penultimate episode. The court will adjourn. Opposite of adjourn. Resume. Commence. bunch of stuff in this episode i thought were in later seasons yeah season one again showing itself to be better than i remembered mm-hmm. i didn't expect the strangers to show up here mm-hmm. or and i i totally forgot uh, mecca shiva was this early i was like mecca shiva is definitely a second season thing. oh yeah no like the, like mecca the... shiva, shiva pure season one gold pure season one they found the voice for the boys when they work together and feed off of each other mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and become a voltron of some kind <laughs> uh yeah good episode of the show like this um a a lot going on here uh and you can Mm -hmm. definitely tell that they are ramping up they're ramping up to this being the show that uh the venture brothers is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh and there are a lot of references and quotable moments and all these things Mm -hmm. we're gonna get right into it um we are no no longer having guests for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit of admin stuff. Um, we will have them back for next season. Uh, and next on the docket is, of course, the the season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, then the specials that are associated with season one. Then a wrap up slash look at these season one bonus features on the DVD. Yes. Before we go into season two. Mm-hmm. So just so you're aware of what's going on, watch on Patreon uh, for a uh, for a call for a call for uh, responses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, please limit those to season one. Please do. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Um, if you just have things to say about the Venture Brothers in general that aren't specific to season one, mm-hmm. maybe save them. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we don't want to just like blow our woad, our, our woad, blow <laughs> our uh, load um, super early. Yes. On that. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, so this episode, it was written by Doc Hammer and it was, uh, it originally aired on October 23rd of, uh, of 2004. Mm-hmm. And this was written actually after the the series uh, or season finale. Yes. Um, you know, they wrote the uh, next episode and they're like, well, let's do a prequel to that one. Yes. Um, and they consider this to be the real beginning of the show. And you right. can tell why. Like, yeah. this is where everything is looking outside of the episode. Like, mm-hmm. this suggests a larger world outside of the episode more than anything we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a coherent world with callbacks and call forwards. Uh, and a lot of what the show is actually about. Yes. Uh, we get, I mean, a lot of backstory here. Like this is where Phantom Limb really comes into the picture and he, he becomes kind of a major, a major fixture, uh, before he kind of goes away. But like what he brings in is this guild intrigue. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of, kind of explaining a little bit why the monarch doesn't fit in with that. We get a lot of, uh, backstory for, um, for Dr. Girlfriend. Uh, who in this episode goes to become Dr. Ex-Girlfriend. But uh, kind of her role in this uh, and kind of the intrigue, you know, like maybe she didn't naturally come to the Monarch on her own. Like maybe she Mm -hmm. was planted here. Like the guild is, you know, it it, it rules everything. Yeah. Has its its finger in many sinister pies. Mm -hmm. Uh, First appearance of Monstroso's lap mentioned. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so, so we it's huge. That. There were like five of us. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they, they basically take every line from this episode and then call back to it. 
Yes. Like it ends everything that is kind of a toss away line in this ends up becoming important later. Mm -hmm. You know, so Monstroso is not like a huge character, but he is a major fixture of like season six, Mm -hmm. you know, so he ends up being a big deal. Yeah. Uh, There's no commentary on this one. Nope. Uh, which I was kind of surprised because it's kind of an important episode. But right. I imagine all the things that they would say in this one, they say in the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it looks different. Um, everything, like the, the faces to me in this episode have like a weird little bit of like John Kay. Uh, right in simpiness, like there's a little bit more detail and cartoon exaggeration. There, there's a specific um, facial expression that um, that Dr. Orpheus gives uh, that is extremely mm-hmm. John Kay. That is like yeah. straight up like the lips pursed out and the eyes bugged open kind of kind of thing. Yeah, that's a that, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, and I I they like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creators, I am I I like it a little bit more when they dial that back a little bit. Yes, when they I see I, fewer teeth. Yeah, I want to see fewer teeth. I like it when it's just like a little bit a uh, little little bit sleeker. But like mm-hmm. one of the reasons for the big change is that you know eventually. You know, as they sent they sent the early episodes away to Korea, not knowing what would come back, um, and they mm-hmm. saw what came back. And by this point, they were able to really calibrate. You know, like okay, here's kind of the input that we have to you know that we have to give them in order to get the output that we want. You know, working yeah. working across this you know kind of big time and geography barrier. You know, um, yeah. And so, like by this point, they've established the, the production pipeline, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm you know, good for them. Like yes. it eventually will lead lead to things uh, that, you know, I end up really liking how they look. But yes. there's this is still kind of transitional to me. Mm-hmm. This is also um, you know, so this is a Doc Hammer episode as we mentioned, um, and you know, I love this episode. It's confusing. Yes. Like he does the confusing, ambitious episodes, mm-hmm. and I was like, do I? You know, I was looking through the book and seeing who wrote what because mm-hmm. I'd never really paid attention before and was thinking, like, is Doc Hammer what I really love about this show? And then found out that Jackson Public wrote uh, The Doctor is Sin, uh, uh-huh. which is my favorite episode of the show. Yes. Uh, so luckily it is just that alchemy. It's not. <laughs> but Doc Hammer, if, if it's confusing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I watched this with my girlfriend and she had watched a couple episodes of this with me and she was just like, oh, I think I missed something. Yeah. In the cold open. And I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a cold open. You did not. This is just how the show uh, is going to open. And the opening to this is one of my favorite openings in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy. Yeah. Well, we're starting like with un- unreliable narrator stuff, the actual events yeah. that they're, I mean, we don't learn in what, what they're actually doing until it's revealed that this is just pure fiction. Right. But like mm-hmm. it is an establishing moment that establishes nothing aside from the fact that, you know, these kids are idiots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is which is worth establishing. Yes. Um, you know, it starts off. We we're in this Indiana Jones pastiche. Uh, Hank is dressed up as Indiana Jones, and Dean is dressed <laughs> up as Magnum PI, complete with a mustache. Uh-huh. Uh And they're opening up his treasure chest, and it turns out it's full of, uh, you know, it's it's the the rainy day craft box of Oli Janina Janima. Um, you know, full of a little man made of pipe cleaners and puff paint. Yeah. Uh, and everything. Um, old, old thread spindles. Hank is most yeah. excited about the googly eyes. Yeah. A whole bag full of googly eyes. Uh, <laughs> Dean picks up a tablet. And he's like, it's in Sanskrit, a dialect I don't recognize, but I can give it a shot. Uh, which is just very funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's like he starts reading it and he's talking about like oh this is that's when he describes this is the the rainy day craft box and like oh this is cursed and as he's doing this a statue comes to life and tries to kill them in comes mm-hmm. brock he's dressed up like yep. michael michael knight from knight rider he has with, helper. A, with a really cool helper yeah <laughs> like, yeah, a, like cool cool robot helper uh-huh. like who's like kind of like lost in space like has yeah. claws for hands <laughs> Um, but he comes in and knocks the statue's arm off and starts hitting him in the crotch with his own arm, like saying, Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Brock doesn't act like this. That is it's so incredible. Like mm-hmm. it, it just like the 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 voice go doing the oh you know, you have done the curse, just being like, ah, oh, what I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Uh and then the monarch shows up and he's like a, a badass version of him who has like eye freeze. Yeah, and says like, "Why are you wasting your time castrating a priceless antique?" Mm -hmm. Which is again just that language, yeah, uh, thing. Yeah, castrating a priceless antique, (laughs) and then just a kid's idea of the most evil thing you could do. Like, I have been systematically feeding babies to puppies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so he uses ice beams to freeze Brock and the boys are like, okay, it's time for Mecha Shiva. And they do this little anime opening Mm -hmm. that's like Voltron, where it's uh, this four-armed monster uh and the monarch interrupts to show the boy <laughs> dean sitting on hank's shoulders being mecha shiva yeah and they're and they're just waving their arms going mecha shiva well, it's, it's a very specific mecha shiva mecha shiva <laughs> like it's this very like, uh that motion where they're doing with their arms mm-hmm. um is an in joke in my game group Ooh. uh because my friend courtney who used to be part of the game group uh we were in a role-playing situation and characters were like okay if we get into trouble like let's say something and they were like well we need to be quiet and she's like we'll do a hands uh hand signal and she did the mecha shiva yeah so that is the universal sign at my tabletop table for like if you need to signal somebody you're in trouble <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just do the, like arms. the wavy arms yeah, yeah. Makashiva. Makashiva. Uh, and I, I these like great little like I love monarch interrupting. It's like I didn't say anything when Dean said he could read Sanskrit. But they're obviously <laughs> like, this is obviously a lie. Like I could have stopped. But like Makashiva, it's way too much. Uh but yeah. this like the, the this is the boys giving testimony at the trial mm-hmm. of the monarch. Uh, the yes. monarch is representing himself. That's why. You, that's why he's the person who does the 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 objection. But there has been something in the past. We're not going to find out uh, what this is until until the very end. Here we're kind of oh, left. Yeah. We're, it, we're we're left guessing what's going on. It's confusing. Like yeah. it, this is a thing where like uh, apparently online when I looked up stuff about this episode, yeah. several people like didn't really get it. Right. You know what what it was, and it's like you kind of have that Doc Hammer new to writing stories, but still like hilariously funny and kind of like. 10% more ambitious mm-hmm. than you might expect, you know, by kind of the way that they reveal information in this episode. Yeah. You know? Um, so we, we go to uh, phantom limb, uh, who kills two bailiffs outside of the courtroom. Um, he's dressed up like a guy from dark city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a reference to the, uh, the guys from dark city. Yep. Um, I, I love a thing. So, uh, uh phantom limb is voiced by, uh, James Urbaniak doing kind of mm-hmm. this, uh, like a, like a pan European sophisticate, uh, kind of accent mm-hmm. like british kind of kind of thing um he does something that i love uh which is a person with a british accent trying to sound american as he yeah. comes up and you know gives his cover story or whatever like it's the best moment in die hard is is uh alan rickman faking an american accent to me yeah, yeah. yeah. well and it's great too because alan rickman's actually british but james urbaniak is not yes <laughs> you know so he's being he's faking a british accent faking an american accent uh-huh 
uh, yeah. which is very good. Yeah, but but he kills these guys. You know, Phantom Limb's power. Uh, you know, his limbs are not just invisible, but he can like he supercharge people. Like he can uh, cause like this corruption to extend up their arms, and it stops yeah. their hearts. Rogue right? veins. Yeah, rogue yeah. veins. Um, and I, I love that he orders a cleaner. Uh, by he is like, or I send in a cleaner for three hundred seventy-five pounds. He kicks a guy, maybe more. The idea that you would order a cleaner based on how many pounds they need to get oh, rid wait. of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is going to make me sound so incredibly dorky, but like most of my notes for this episode were about lore shit like that. Yeah, like about guild operating procedures and stuff. <laughs> no, because I was that, like, oh, I that, love that. that's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah like I was just like, oh man. Yeah, like I want to I want to know like what the what what the business is, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like I've only watched season one of Westworld, but like the interesting thing is behind the scenes not actually up in the park yes. you know like i went yeah. into the logistics of all this guild shit it's like when i go to a strip club and i ask about <laughs> ships and stuff yeah. it's like very similar like i just want to know how it works yeah. i just want to know how it's made but for pussy <laughs> the, um... <laughs> oh and a mommy and a daddy love each other very much <laughs> yeah um yeah i love i love seeing uh this guild kind of after after effect mm-hmm. things there's a great like just wall-to-wall great deliveries in this mm-hmm. um the the monarch starts exam- cross-examining hank and he's like you know hank are you telling the truth he's like, yes sir like <laughs> just his you know hank enthusiasm a good hank episode mm-hmm. uh is accusing him of being a liar uh here um but in the most monarch way yes you know, with like your so pants. much fonzie <laughs> with your pants so constantly on fire and then, like he eventually yeah. gets back like they, they go back and forth like Pee Wee and francis like i'm rubber and you're glue like you yeah. know but he's... i am rubber and you are so much glue <laughs> yes <laughs> and the judge calls a recess um, yeah. and we and we get the two lawyers the monarch who's representing himself he wants to reprimand the monarch but we uh we were introduced to the to the prosecutor here uh tiny attorney is the only name we get for oh him oh my god yeah <laughs> we, we don't get that until later yeah uh, but i am so happy about uh the, tiny attorney the fact that we get a quato yeah yeah like uh, you know i don't know if people who, who see the show like what what age group they are but just the way that this show is just entirely made for me uh-huh. um total recall Mm-hmm. Real big deal to me growing up. Me and my friend Derek uh, photoshopped a picture of him growing out. Of, like, we greased him up real good and took <laughs> off his shirt and then photoshopped him coming out of my stomach like Quato. Yay! <laughs> uh, I don't know where that photo exists, uh, if it's still around. I should text him and see if it's still around. But I, when he was my roommate, like, huh? we, like oiled him up real good and turned him into Quato. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I Quatoed my roommate. <laughs> I Quatoed my roommate real good. Uh, and if you don't know who Quato is... Uh, when Quaid goes to check out the Martian resistance, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're like Mars is full of mutants because of radiation. Yeah. And he's like, he's talking to a guy and just like a regular kind of dude. And he's like, Oh, I'm not Quato. And he lifts up his shirt and there's a tiny little slimy baby, <laughs> uh, psychic slimy baby. And uh-huh. this show presupposes what would happen if slimy baby became a slimy lawyer Yeah, and a Southern lawyer at that. Yeah. A simple country lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Like everything with this dude is makes me laugh like a lot. Yeah. Um, but just like the you know like there's this big this big guy walks in he's 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 mute um and then like we hear the muffled voice like ah could you open up you know i'm getting mighty hot in here mm-hmm. and he opens it up and then yeah. out comes out he comes and he's wearing like a like a, he's covered like, hey he's slimy but also he's wearing his own like little like vest and straw boater yeah yeah <laughs> a little seer sucker yeah mm-hmm. like he's, he's totally like uh like what's his name from inherit the wind like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's he's full of Southern uh, or like a Southern Senator Tinkerbell from oh, Mr. Yeah. Show. Mm-hmm. He's got the same voice where he's like, I'm going to be working harder than a cat trying to bury a toid in a marble floor. A toid. That specific toid <laughs> yeah. uh, 
pronunciation of turd yeah. is very, uh, you know, Senator Tinkerbell. <laughs> but he's wilder than a peach orchard hog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's incredibly fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and he's he is, we find out here, and this ends up being important, but they don't underline it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a lawyer who's brought in for supervillains. Yes. Uh, you know, so that is uh, that is ultimately why he's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, during the recess out in the hall, the boys are very disappointed because uh, they're opening up their bag lunch. Uh, they've got egg salad sandwiches, uh, objectively mm-hmm. terrible sandwiches. They call them fart sandwiches. They hold their mm-hmm. they hold their breath and go in for the cookies. And then we've got Rusty just eating his messily and like all the pieces yeah, are flying just, everywhere. He uses a phone at one point. Yeah. Like he, he holds up to his, like Rusty doesn't do very much in this episode. He just mm-hmm. kind of does like little asides because yeah. James Urbaniak is doing the voice of the uh, judge as well. Yeah. Um, doing a lot of voices in this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, great line where he's like, if I just knew you can call the cops on him, I would have done this years ago. I love police. There's a man dressed as a butterfly shooting lasers at my robot. Um, <laughs> And we get this, uh, we get this lure again, like where Brock's like, you know, the police stay out of the guild's business. Um, you know, unless the, the monarch messed with the police, they wouldn't do this. How do you think the police got those new cruisers last year? Yeah. They're like, they're, like, they're oh, donors. It's like the man. penguin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just like <laughs> lore, you know, <laughs> just saying they're like, like man, yeah. gotta learn about this. Yeah. Just like, please teach me how they like, how, like how the guild quote, like exists with these other power structures, please. Mm-hmm. Give me an yeah. over owner's manual, please. <laughs> um, this is lots of first in this. Um, we get the first appearance of watch and ward. Yeah. Um, uh, these who are the, at guild HQ, the two, uh, uh, guild like dispatch dipshits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both kind of talk like this, like they've they've got like uh, like like Cobra Commander villain it, or like uh, uh, you know soldier uh, voices a little bit, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But they're you know they're they're in this room and they've got a lot of like actual like video mixed in with the animation here. You see like you know Doc Hammer on the on the uh, uh, on the screen, probably just a bunch of like footage from around the office around the Astro Base. Mm-hmm. But we get our first uh, we we get our first uh, glimpse of uh, of the Sovereign. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and the way that he is uh, portrayed. Who plays the sovereign? And, and um, I, I, don't, I don't remember. It's it's one of the two creators. It's it's yeah, Docker Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, this is before the reveal of who the sovereign ultimately is. Yes, this is this is the sovereign in his like the great and mighty Oz kind of form. Yes, or yeah, very Zordon. similar to, uh, yeah. to Oz. Yeah. Um, back in the courtroom, um, we uh, Phantom Limb is sitting next to Doctor Girlfriend. Obviously, Doctor Girlfriend. Yes, in a veil. Um, assembling a gun in his bag uh, when a woman looks over and says, uh, you know, what looks over with concern and he offers mm-hmm. her a Pez or, uh, from the gun. She doesn't want it because, just, you know, I don't like things that taste it like tastes soap. too much like soap. It tastes too much like soap. <laughs> Again, that like very Doc Hammer-esque, uh, mm-hmm. like so much Fonzie, tastes too much like soap. <laughs> Uh, that's at the back of the gallery. At the front, we have the monarch addressing the jury. Another little Easter mm-hmm. egg here. Uh, the uh, the jury is made up of lookalikes of the production staff, which makes it mm-hmm. a- extra funny when, like, you know, the, the the judge is saying, like, oh, you know, you're being tried by a jury of your peers, like, by, by these degenerates and reprobates or something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cut calling Very the, obvious uh, Doc Hammer and, and Jackson. And, and Doc, Doc Hammer sticks out. Like, he has heterochromia. Yeah. Like, he's in Depeche Mode. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, like, he's, yeah, he doesn't look like a normal dude. Yeah. Um, but he's up there and he calls himself to the stand. Uh, and of course, he has trouble sitting down because he's got uh, got these wings, and he kind of starts the story roughly at the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. where, where where this goes, uh, highlighting the wedge that was uh, dropped between him 
and uh, and Dr. Girlfriend, someone mm-hmm. published this tell-all book called The Flight of the Monarch, uh, which he says is full of lies and pictures of also lies. <laughs> yes, uh, which I, re- I like that a lot. <laughs> and he, you know, he, he says, you know, he tells, uh, he demands to know who wrote it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we, it turns out it's 24, which is wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there. And there are tons of references uh, in this. Yeah. Um, of, he talks like, about the Dance of stuff, like, Yeah. Yeah, his pictures of Dance Ateria dancing with Stiv Bader's and Lydia Lunch. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember who Lydia Lunch is. Steve Bader's is from the Dead Boys. Yeah. Uh, and then Danceteria is like a like the big uh, New was, York nightclub it was like a where Klaus Nomi club. performed yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like this like weird performance art place where Klaus Nomi mm-hmm. uh, was out quite a bit, who will show up later in the series. And again, like just me being like, fuck, man. Ninja Brothers. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But just incredible. You know, the idea of uh, I love that the monarch was involved in like the 80s club coke scene because of course he was yeah like, it's, it's really good rich, it's very kid, well rich kid want a ton of money in the new yes. york area come on yeah yeah <laughs> it's very good yeah <laughs> uh but but you know uh monarch is you know confronting the entire crew like oh it looks like a note it has words and pictures or it looks like a book but it's a suicide note um mm-hmm. and he says you know there'll be dire consequences unless the author comes in uh, 24 is panicking and 21 rightly says, well, of course he was going to notice you put his picture on the front of it <laughs> on the back. Um, the, uh, so he frames somebody, apparently he, uh, you know, trank darts somebody mm-hmm. and then pins a note saying, I did it and puts it into his room. So the monarch executes him. Uh, and there's a great bit here where, uh, they don't really show it or anything, but Dr. Girlfriend is just like, Lenny, you should have really switched his blood for acid after you threw him into the shark tank. The sharks aren't going to touch him now. They're not going to touch him now. Uh, As he lowers a giant hairdryer into the shark pit with his blood full of acid. (laughs) It's real, real big. Like, yeah, like this is as angry as somebody can be. You're like, uh, oh, when, uh, oh, when, when Master Shake kills himself to haunt Meatwad's uh, uh, Atari game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah very similar <laughs> yeah um but but later um uh monarch is screaming at dr girlfriend because as he was reading this you know dr girlfriend factored in and there all of this new information about dr girlfriend's past relationships come up so like mm-hmm. he is i mean kind of slut shaming her or even just like being yeah, a real possessive a dick he's being a, just a massive that. abusive asshole during this but he's yeah. like you know oh you were sitting on monstroso's lap you know you were skinny jipping with jim fetus <laughs> yeah who is who is uh jg thurwell yep um you know reference to that uh and then this is you know again first appearance monstroso's lap mm-hmm. uh where she's like you see the size of his lap there are like five of us on there <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a, and also <laughs> it was a party and also it's none of your business <laughs> yeah like she's totally right like i don't like the monarch is a huge dick in this i don't it's not like oh this character who i thought was super cool and good no uh, like, is actually he's, a misogynist jerk like no he's the fucking no, monarch he's, like, he's I just think he's gonna be yeah <laughs> yeah he's gonna be a petty dick about everything like yeah you're not about to like cancel the the monarch. Over no. This. Um, but he's very upset that she used to work with Phantom Lim and there's a whole spread of her but, in her uh, Queen of Theory outfit. Yeah. It isn't named just yet. Right, right. But he asked like, you know, who designed your costume? Frank Frazetta? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there's a there, there's a the reference to to Carrie here. He's like, I can see your dirty pillows. You know, mm-hmm. like just it's a very <laughs> revealing costume there. He's just, just like, okay. And he's just he's just outraged and he like calls her a whore and sends her sobbing out of the cocoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Shitty. Uh so we we go back to the courtroom where Dr. Girlfriend is now giving 
custody. She pulls herself as a surprise witness. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> and of course, like Rusty's like, "Ooh, I'm so surprised." It was just very yeah. obvious that was her. He's over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she goes up to testify. You know, says the monarch was lying, um, and tells the story about how after she's kicked out, uh, and she's Doctor Ex girlfriend now, uh, right. according to the monarch, goes to Phantom Limb's house and very well observed. You yeah. know, uh, like getting kicked out of the house and just like crying in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also the first mention of her previous. Uh, Lady Alpair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with her, her murderous Moppets, mm-hmm. who will become characters. Become who ma- end up major in the, characters. <laughs> yeah. Who end up in the, the Pete White and Billy Quizboy thing of the network saying, use them less. And Doc and Jackson be like, no. Yeah. We're going to use them more. Every yeah. time you tell us not to use the Moppets, we're going to use the Moppets. Yeah. So you should um, know this now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell us not to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love how fucking slimy Phantom Limb is. Oh, just he is immediately jumping on this on, on this emotionally vulnerable woman. Like, yeah, it's it's so uh, it's so gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, him is like, I got your old costume and the Queen of Theory outfit, incredibly revealing, as we mentioned. Yeah, um, you know, it's basically being nude. Yeah, um, and she yeah. asks like, Oh, what are these little like like crusty bits? And and he says, oh, it was my, my tears. tears. My tears. And Monarch <laughs> yeah. objects, like, oh, clearly, you know, I bet he was cranking his invisible. And <laughs> I love I love what Rusty, what Rusty does. Like, he objects, like, yeah, I've got children here. Judge tells him, hey, you need to take your kids out. Rusty... He doesn't want his kids to hear about phantom limbs come on the uh, on the on the uh, disguise, okay. but he but he doesn't want to leave while the good part's happening. So he sends mm-hmm. Brock out with the kids. Yeah, <laughs> go, go take care of Brock, and uh, Brock stands up. This is one of the scenes where I think it's a little bit over animated. And Brock stands up and kind of like yeah talks to him like, "Hey, kids, let's, let's uh, find a little mystery here." Um, this is uh, so I ended up since I watched this, uh, wanted to watch this. Um, with my girlfriend, we watched it on Hulu on the mm-hmm. TV as opposed to watching it uh, on the DVD copy. And I just want to point out that I got a 60 minute ad for an iPhone game. Oh Here, my God. 60, really? 60 second, not 60 oh. minute. Oof. Like a whole, a whole minute though. Yeah. First thing called tune blast. And it was like a shitty, uh, over the hedge dreamworks thing. And it went on forever. Well, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was just like, what is this? It's like the kind of thing they would show before like a sub Pixar <laughs> kind of thing like a shitty pixar it's like the, it's like Ooh. a short like a dreamworks short Ugh. uh it was really bad no i would have believed you if you said 60 minutes have you run into those like hour-long plus youtube ads where it's just like oh here's yeah. an industrial video like it's basically an infomercial we're just hoping that you don't skip this yeah it's yeah really... we're hoping you walked away from the computer <laughs> yes yeah so so stupid yeah, yeah it'd be nice if a um, company didn't let that happen on their platform but fuck man that yeah, would require well, hiring people do? Yeah. What do you do? Hire people to run the platform? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. That would cut into profits. Yeah. Um, the, uh, this, uh, when Brock says to get up, Justin Beale, well, Dean told me about him pounding his meat. Um, <laughs> and Brock doesn't uh, want to hear about that. They go yeah. out and they start investing the mystery of the gum and the drinking fountain. <laughs> yeah. Very cute. We have a clue. It seems our thirsty chewer was a fan of gum or something like that. Like yeah. our thirsty chewer. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, but as they leave, Phantom Limb calls and says, hey, delay the operation, saying to watch and ward, because, you know, they're coordinating this whole big thing, saying we've lost full containment. Like, we need everybody yeah. in the room for this to go off. And th- this is a, a red herring where we're meant to think that they're going to strike yes. at the Venture Brothers. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Tiny Attorney goes to cross-examine Dr. X's girlfriend, um, and she's about ready to pull out the uh, what appears to be this zip gun, whatever it was that uh, uh, Phantom Limb was putting together. Phantom Limb signals like, "Hey, don't shoot!" You know, does the you know mm-hmm. cross, cross sign, um, and she goes and continues telling the story, saying, "You know, hey, I'm back in the flashback here. Uh, the monarch showed up, uh, drunk and verbally abusive, like coming in and mm-hmm. just you know, basically uh, saying like, oh, are you wearing your old costume?'" and talking about yeah. you know the times they saw her like yeah it's not great um but she i love the, the little hints here that phantom limb is like out of his league as like a euro trash dude yeah where he's eating cheese he's like a, that's a playful little cheese called asiago <laughs> that, I, that i discovered when i was you know but it makes a uh, i found it's a common table cheese but works fine with a table merlot or something it, it, like no, that it's a, it, it is it is the ying to merlot's playful yang or something like yang. that yeah yeah just yeah. something really just it's, just you know, a fucking asshole stop it yeah. <laughs> well, well and also just like it's just asiago cheese yeah you know, it's it's not like you, you get that on a sub, a subway. Yeah. It, like, it's not a fancy cheese. It's, it's they bake it into subway bread. It's baked onto the bread, dude. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like any cheese you can get at subway is not a fancy cheese. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and any cheese that is brought into a subway becomes less fancy. <laughs> like if you have pocket cheese, yeah. it degrades two letter grades. S rank to, <laughs> to B rank. Yeah. Um, but Monarch, after you know, she kicks him out, rightfully so, uh, he, he hangs around uh, and someone calls the cops. Uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. saying like, "Hey, there's d- a domestic here." Doctor Ox's girlfriend inside. Uh, you know, saying like, "Hey, I-, I-, I heard sirens. I saw the lights, but then everything stopped. I don't know what happened after that." Yeah. Um, out in the hallway where they're investigating the uh, thirsty <laughs> chewer, um, Doctor Orpheus emerges uh, from the bathroom, telling, uh, "You know, they they were booby trapping the door, putting a hair mm-hmm. on it. One of those little spy things that kids learn." Yeah. Um, you know, like it was Dr. O the whole time. What does it mean? <laughs> uh, you know, he tells him not to go in there because he had Taco Bell for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was delivered like the monarch. <laughs> yeah, I delivered with, with all the music and stuff. And mm-hmm. Brock's like, the thing it means, boys, is Dr. O had to take a dump. <laughs> uh, he's being brought in as an expert witness. Right. And he kind of comes in as like a new atheist kind of guy. Like they have him swear on the Bible. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. Ooh, yes. you know, that quaint little book of fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and brings in his own book, which is a hungry little bitey. Uh, necronomicon <laughs> keep your hands away from the mouth he's a nibbler, he's a nibbler. yeah <laughs> i just love that he has an animated necronomicon um and tiny mm-hmm. lawyer is immediately like skeptical of this he's like oh mm-hmm. you know just a little bit of hocus pocus yeah uh mm-hmm. <laughs> like he finds it convenient that nobody can remember uh what happened after the cops arrived um you know and that's kind of the the the, the whole of the case we're gonna find out um, Brock mm-hmm. is looking in and he's talking, he's talking to the, to the boys because it's obvious something's going on. Like the, the bailiffs are slowly being replaced with guild strangers. One of whom has yeah. like this weird, like metal pipe for a face. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's very obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and this, this is a, again, another legendary exchange from the show. I mean, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite things because it is yeah. entire, like it, it is entirely a good description of Hank's Hank's whole deal. But also, mm-hmm. like, a very good, like, you know, Brock doesn't quite understand what's going on with these kids. He's just here mm-hmm. to keep them safe, you know? But, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, Brock is, you know, telling the kids, like, hey, your dad's safe. You know, the guild works professionally. They're clean. Whatever they're here for, it has nothing to do with him. And he'll, you know, he'll be fine. And Brock says, you know, in a way, they're the only organization that I still respect. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Hank pipes in and the enthusiasm. Uh, and they kill clean. 
don't let dames get in the way. Uh, just like plus oneing, like just <laughs> yeah. yes anding uh, Brock with extreme prejudice. Yeah. And then, you know, instead of just letting him get away with it, it was, uh-huh. which is what you would expect, like they draw a line under it. Yeah. You know? And Brock's and I, like, I love oh, that line. Yeah. Honestly, Hank, where'd you, where'd you pick this stuff up? I never see you read. Like, I love I never see you read. Like, where do you get this? And then Dean, like, being like, yeah, I know, right? Like, it's so good. <laughs> it's like he channels dead crazy people. Yeah, God, I love it so much. And, and then Hank, instead of being like, come on, guys, stop razzing me. He says, do you think it's a crack for help? Yeah, very good. <laughs> that kind of like, I've never seen you read. Yeah. There's a, there's a certain kind of joke that will draw um, attention to a practical concern yes in a fantastic situation mm-hmm. uh that i am always a huge sucker for yeah uh the two examples i always go to uh is one um i was talking to brayton at one point and we were talking about uh ghostbusters 2 as you do mm-hmm. and the ooh is coming out and bringing uh the uh Sigourney weaver's toilet or uh, bathtub to life yeah uh and somehow we were just kind of joking and it got on the idea of that happening to brayton and Brayton's first response was, what do I feed you? <laughs> like him just being like, oh, I have to take care of it. Yeah, like, It's alive <laughs> like, now. It's like, alive and on my jail. property. <laughs> yeah. The, the child services. Is gonna take, no, I don't want to be taken boy. away by, by TPS, <laughs> Child yeah, Protective Services. <laughs> uh, that's really, really good. And then uh, Mr. Show, which I, they have the uh, the sketch Jeepers Creature Creepers semi-star. I, 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 uh, literally, really good. I literally just watched that last night. It's not, so not, good. not for the first time, but like I get it stuck in my head and somebody's saying a couple of, somebody on a podcast to listen to saying a couple of bars of Jesus Christ Superstar. I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'm going to watch yeah. this. No, watch I Creepers. was on the 18th hole. <laughs> uh, and the, the Pontius Pilate uh, part of that where they're talking about how he's lazy and stuff. And uh-huh. the last line is Bob Odenkirk being, where does he get his money from? It's driving <laughs> us mad. It's um, <laughs> like such a weird little detail. Yeah. You know, like if you have a shitty son and like he still gets money, but we know he doesn't have a job. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I really love that. Yeah. Uh, so much. I mean, just like, you know, Hank, like he, he never, like we never see him consuming anything. Like Dean's the reader or he's got the giant boy mm-hmm. detective stuff. Like he is very clearly like inspired by the things that he, that, that he takes in. Dean never consumes anything, but he's like falling into these genre tropes and like, yeah. you know, saying stuff that l- implies a broader savviness than he could possibly have from his like, yeah. shel- from his sheltered upbringing. <laughs> Like it's really good. Yeah. It's it's I love I love Hank so much. It's it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Hank. <laughs> um so tiny attorney asked Dr. O to read read the monarch's mind. The monarch objects. And uh you know the the judge is like that is strange. And he goes, well, I myself am growing from the torso of an inbred simpleton. Uh, <laughs> just like pointing out that like, there's yeah, no unusual. Yeah. Like just uh, idea, like something being unorthodox is not a reason not to do it. Just look around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Dr. Orpheus goes into his memory and, and sees what happens uh, where the monarch is pissing outside and just like, ah, oh, just doing some gardening officer. Um mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, really good, like this little bit here with the cop, uh, <laughs> where he's like, look, Pontarello, you know, we take your Tom of Finland ass and get out of here. Yeah. Uh, which I love. Uh-huh. Or uh, like he calls, calls him Pontarello, you know, the Ponch, Eric Estrada's character from from Chips, but he also calls him Fonzie because he's riding the bike. Yeah, Fon- <laughs> yeah he's a- Fonzie and Tom of Finland. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a chimera. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just using every like dismissive nickname that he could that he can find mm-hmm. for him in his drunken fury, uh, petty yeah. drunken anger. Let's say that monarch yeah. has. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like it looks like it's going to escalate to a fight when he's darted um by a dart that is not his own like it's a special guild design you can see that you know it's not mm-hmm. anybody associated with him uh and this guild stranger this operative comes up and uh hands hands the cop money um and hands hands over the papers for his new life saying like oh we got you a new wife and if we see you in a crowd if we hear you you know you're you're, you're dead and the cop's like no yeah. it's fine he's being paid off like, uh, like yeah you have to disappear yeah because they're going to pin it on the monarch. Uh-huh. You know, that's what the trial of the monarch is, is that he killed or disintegrated this cop. Yes. Um, so Dr. Orpheus is about to say what happens. He comes mm-hmm. back. He's like, you know, I've seen the greasy mind of this man. <laughs> um, and uh, Phantom Limb is like, we have to do it now before mm-hmm. they reveal the truth. Send in a freeze team. Again, lore. There's mm-hmm. things called freeze teams. Yep. Uh, these strangers come in dressed like the, the Dark City people <laughs> and freeze everyone solid. Yep. Um, you know, Dr. Girlfriend and the Phantom Limb didn't have guns. They have these rebreathers yeah. that they put on so they don't, uh, get, uh, get frozen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a part where, you know, Brock is in the bathroom. He's, you know, takes the kids into the bathroom and is like, put your head on the ground to hold your breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dean's like, there's pee pee on the ground. <laughs> hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brock is protecting him. Like, okay. Like we would have been frozen there, but like, yeah. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it's fine that they that the containment was breached, you know, based on the way this works out, mostly because of Brock's respect for the guild, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at this yeah. point, uh, but yeah, uh, they come in and instead of taking the monarch, instead of taking Doctor Venture, what the what the guild strangers do is they take Tiny Attorney. Phantom Limb, mm-hmm. you know, is kind of monologuing about this, saying, "Oh, we finally have the guild's number three most wanted." Uh, yes. you know, this, this attorney has been, a, has been a real thorn on our side and he orders a memory wipe for everybody in the room. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, the weird little bit of lore, uh, they're like, well, what about the necromancer memory wipes don't work on them? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, they do take the hypnotic suggestion, like a cancer takes to a prostate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they go up and tell him. You know, to say that the monarch did it. Yeah, the monarch they, is guilty. And like build, building future Orpheus plot lines in. Say, so, oh, he's mm-hmm. been applying for a for an arch from the guild for you know for you know, at least five times now. Like, just promise him that that'll have a new a new arch villain or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they give the suggestion. Uh, and what they what they tell him to say is, yeah, the monarch did it. Uh, Doctor X's girlfriend objects to this. Like, oh, you know, you never yeah. said that. Like, I I don't I didn't want to sell him out like that, but. Yeah. You know, that but was... she's a Matahari. Yes. You know, you, you, you are the spy that, that did this. Yeah. So she wasn't attempting to. And then she does a hypnotic suggestion on the monarch saying like she had nothing to do with this. And she kind of searches for someone to blame it on and ends up blaming it on the boys. Yes. Um, I, this ends up, you know, obviously paying off, mm-hmm. uh, next episode. Um, I think it's weird that she would choose the boys. Yeah. <laughs> and not just like Dr. Venture. Uh-huh. You know, he already hates. Yep. Uh, this does not feel in line with her characterization of like not being so pure evil. Yes. And also like she has been established as like caring about the boys. Yeah. Yeah. This is weird. It's like, this wouldn't happen later. You know, it has to happen for the plot to happen, but it's a weird weird Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, but they unfreeze. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the uh brock and the boys come in right before they unfreeze so uh you know it doesn't appear that anything's out of place um and dr orpheus declares both that the monarch is guilty and says that he hopes that he gets a girl villain maybe a redhead 
<laughs> yeah, very cute. Uh, he does end up getting a redhead, but not a girl villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with Torrid, um, <laughs> whose head is on fire. Yeah. Um, the uh, and yeah, so the monarch is guilty, going to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to credits. Um, and in the post-credit scene, Dr. Girlfriend has visited the monarch in prison where he's kind of, uh, talking sugar to her and it pans around to be, it is a, uh, 21 being forced yeah. to dress up like Dr. Girlfriend. Yes. Dr. Girlfriend's long gone, man. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a good little cliffhanger bringing us into the, uh, season finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's good. Yeah. Super, super good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, li- I like, uh, how reference this mm-hmm. is. Uh, you know, how reference heavy it is. I really enjoy, uh, you know, a lot of the lines from this. This is very quotable. Yeah. Um, and it's same way, like the ghost of Saragosso, Saragosso or uh, Tag Sale. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, really, really good episode. It's a good, uh, you know, we just uh, throughout this season, we've said like, oh, this is a good lore episode or this is a good joke episode. This is like the nice Goldilocks in between. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we, yeah. we said at the beginning, but this is hinting at the show that it's ultimately going to be. You know, I talked about like in, um, oh gosh, what was it? The, the, the testicular torsion one. Oh, uh, are you there, God? Is yeah. We talked about like, you know, that, like talking about like the bylaws and stuff, any of the guild logistics and, you know, minutia and like just the stuff that gets in the way. I'm just, I am such a sucker for it. Um, Me too. And I'm a sucker for this. Yeah. It's also a good uh, example of the wiki being frustrating to me oh, yeah? because uh you know fandom.wiki gets a lot of things just straight up wrong mm-hmm. uh kind of consistently and they think that the strangers uh the guild are a reference to the bowie song oh you pretty things mm-hmm. which does mention the phrase strangers but a lot of things mention the phrase strangers yeah and i don't think that's what those are they get i think re- that they're from dark city because they're dressed like they're in dark city it, yeah it can be a straight line it doesn't have to be as much of a reach as it is yeah yeah uh, so, and because it's a wiki, both things are on there. Yes. Like the strangers are a reference to dark city slash the strangers are a rec- reference to, Oh, you pretty things. And it's like, no, mm, yeah. you just, you know, came up with something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I am, I'm excited about the next episode. I'm excited about, mm-hmm. uh, getting into season two. I'm just, I'm generally yeah. optimistic. I like the show. Me too. This is a like a little fun little bright spot on the network mm-hmm. where like yesterday was like a nice uh, network day where I watched Rampage uh-huh. we did for Adaptation Decay this month. Yeah. And then I uh, read, reread some comics for Days of Future Cast and we're playing mm-hmm. tomorrow. Nice. We're doing the X-Dax run, which is really good. Yeah. And this, it's like the weird positive time yeah. on DuckFeed right now. Mm-hmm. Will it last? Well, Probably not. GTA Vice City. <laughs> <laughs> on Waff coming up that's a that's a rough putt yeah but uh, also the playing is behind us so that's true yeah. so it'll still be fun to fun to talk about yeah and also like our job yeah. is fun and good so <laughs> yeah no absolutely no no complaining it's just fun to be you know i think that we we specifically me but both of us kind of have a curmudgeonly mm-hmm. reputation sometimes yeah it's nice to have like a weekly appointment to talk sugar about something agreed nice so <laughs> um if you are listening to this uh thank you uh, if you have supported us on Patreon, thank you. Uh, if you would like to go to mm-hmm. duckfeed.tv slash Patreon and um, give as little as $3 a month, you get access to this uh, to this episode or to this uh, to episodes of this show a week early. At $5 a month, mm-hmm. you get a whole bunch of extra content of other shows and things like that. Uh, it's a good deal, mm-hmm. we think. Yeah. Um, yeah, we would really appreciate it if you did that. Everyone who has, I really appreciate it. Um, we know that it is a new year. There are a lot of worries going on. And just the fact that people are still willing to kick in a few bucks a month. Yeah. Let us keep doing this, uh, is hugely meaningful. Yes. So that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, until next time. Go, go team, team venture. venture.